0: I get my stuff reopened up up here. Uh, you know, last week we talked all about some, um, some scripture that was, was interesting to talk about. We talked about the woman who had committed adultery, about how those verses, um, it says in your Bible that those, weren't, those particular verses weren't contained in the original manuscripts, and that um, we had to take a look and sort of figure out, like, what do we do when we see that happen? What do we do when we, when we realize that there's, that there's some, some things that, that maybe have been dropped into the Bible that weren't necessarily maybe put there by the original, by the original authors, but, but, but it still is something that, that makes sense and we can see the, the relevance of it with how Jesus lived his life. And so it was, uh, it, was a neat, it was a neat journey that we got to take where we got to really take a look at God's word and see that, that even though it wasn't necessarily contained in the original manuscripts, that, that we can see that Jesus still applies anywhere and everywhere. It's beautiful that, that we can see that even as we go today, there are things that, that aren't in the Bible that we experience today. They're stories, they're testimonies of things that Jesus Christ has done. Um, you know, one that, one that just comes to mind since we had mentioned Ray and Terica um, uh, earlier because of what's going on with her mom, uh, Trisha. Ray and Terica, this isn't their, their first bout with a, a huge hardship. Their son, Cameron, had a brain tumor. It wasn't looking good, went in for surgery, they, they removed as much of that tumor as possible, and then they said, we don't know where it goes from here. And they had to rely on God's help. And today, Cameron is, I think he's almost 18. This happened back when he was just a young fella. And, and so, praise God, we get to see the works. We get to see the way that God moves. We get to see the miracles that he continues to perform. He's not dead. He hasn't disappeared. God is alive and well, and he is working here among us not about you guys, but I'm definitely feeling some Holy Spirit moving today. I don't know if it was maybe that last song there. That, that song seems to really riled you guys up. I don't know. But there's, we, Sierra and I have talked about that. We said, you know, when we sing this one, people are going to enjoy it. And there's something about that song in Christ alone that, that just draws people to the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? When you hear about how he is bursting forth about how that grave couldn't hold him, isn't that powerful? Don't you feel some sort of a connection to the Lord and you say, oh man, he is so good and he is so powerful. It's so amazing. Now what we're going to be looking at today is this idea that truth will set you free. I didn't come up with the snazzy title. It's in the text that we're going to read. So I don't want you all to think like, ooh, look at him. He's a genius. No, no, I'm just stealing from God's word. So, and if I'm going to steal from something, God's word is a great place to steal it from as long as I do it rightly. Amen. So, so today we're going to be looking specifically at chapter 8, uh, John chapter 8 verses 12 through 38. It's a it's a large chunk, but we're going to kind of we're kind of move through it quickly until we get towards the end of this. So what you'll notice though is from where we were back in John 7:52 because in John 7:53 that's where we were last week John 7:53 through 8:11. We technically could have skipped John 53 through verse eight eleven, and it would have flowed beautifully. We would have gone exactly from where Jesus was to where Jesus is today because what we know is that when, when Jesus had gone to the Feast of Tabernacles, that, that remember, he said, I'm not going to go up there. He told his brothers, I'm not going to go to the Feast of Tabernacles. And then he does go up to the Feast of Tabernacles, except that he doesn't attend the festival. He goes where? he goes to the temple so that he can teach so he can preach and so and this is where we pick up today Jesus is still there at the temple and he is still teaching and he is still preaching so where we were last week was just sort of this 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 caveat this story that that got implemented so that we could hear and see this testimony of Jesus Christ but now we're going to continue through the flow of where Jesus is in his ministry So let's take a look at that together. It says, starting uh, John chapter 8, verse 12, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me. You will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says where I am going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below and I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He, is not, uh, he, he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham. Yet you seek to kill me, because my words, my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my Father, and you, do not, uh, and, you do, and you do what you have heard from your Father. So here we are. This is a lot to look at. This is a lot to go through. So we are going to hit a few of these areas, and we're going to take a look at a few points along the way. Jesus starts out, he tells them, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. And Jesus is the light of the world, isn't he? Jesus Christ is the light of the world. When he came, everything changed. When he died on that cross, it changed even more. But get this, when he rose from the dead that day, Nothing has ever been the same, and it will never be the same going forward. When he did what he did, when Jesus Christ came, served, taught, preached, when he did everything that he did, hearts were changed. Hearts were transformed. And it wasn't just the people that got to see him 2,000 years ago. I've been changed by reading his word. Many of you in this room have been changed by reading his word. His word is power, is it not? We have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He is powerful. He has many times we have seen and read in Scripture that he says, I have all authority. Jesus is it. He is who who we need to look to. Jesus is the light of the world. The light exposes darkness, doesn't it? Light exposes darkness. There's, there's, there's no way if you go into a dark room and you flip on the light switch, providing that light works, there's no way that room will remain dark, will it? And when Jesus enters into our lives where we have such darkness in our hearts, because let's just be real. You and I are flawed. You and I are sinful. You and I do things on a daily basis that we ought not do. We have dirty, dark pasts. But when Jesus Christ comes into our life, all of a sudden there's this light that happens. And we, we can't hide from the things of our past anymore, can we? Things begin to become exposed when Jesus enters into our lives. And Jesus, his light exposes the truth. Sometimes it's truth that we like, we're like, well, this is great, Jesus Christ. He's the one that we need to believe in. He offers this eternal life. That all sounds great. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll sign up for that package. But the problem is, is that he also reveals that we're dirty, dark, horrible sinners. And then we have to figure out what do we do with that. And when he begins to expose the things in our lives, we have to then figure out what do I do with the things that now he can see when the truth is all along he already knew, right? Right? You're not hiding anything from him. He exposes everything in our lives. See, Jesus is is so amazing in the way that he deals with these Pharisees. The Pharisees come to him. They're like, hey, look, you're bearing witness about yourself. You're You're just yapping. You're talking. Jesus says, listen, you all say this. This is, what, this is the law that you follow. When at least two people make the claim, it's got to be true. He says, I'm telling you, this is who I am. And he says, the Father says it too. You want two witnesses? There they are. I'm speaking it, and so is another. So it is true. It fits into what you all believe as law, yet you're going to stand there, and you're going to accuse, and you're going to point to things that are wrong. And you know why? It's because all of those Pharisees, all of those scribes, all of those people were false prophets, false teachers. They were false. And don't think for a second that that doesn't exist still today. There's many of people who would lead you astray to believe that all you have to do is just, just send me a donation. line in my pocket. I'll send you a book and then you're going to be good. Tons of people believe in in the fact that that me as a person, I can tell you what you need to do. And as long as you appease me, you're going to be good with the Father. I'm here to tell you, you will go to hell for that. You can't follow me. I'm no good. I'm a dirty old preacher. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound terrible? The problem is, is I'm sinful just like you. I'm just the guy who's been given the task of spreading the good news of the gospel and saying, hey, listen, I'm a sinner, so are you. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when we can come to that realization, when we can meet each other on that sort of ground, we can take steps forward together. Jesus Christ is the one who saves. I don't. I don't care how many of my books. By the way, I'm not a writer. I haven't written any books. But I don't care how many of the books that you buy. I don't care how many donations that you make. I don't care what you do until you confess with your mouth, with your own mouth, when you confess to Jesus that he is Lord, you will be saved. That's what it says. That is a personal one-on-one relationship that you have with God the Father. Guess where I'm at? I'm way over here in left field somewhere. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's left field. Well, to y'all, it's over there, I guess. But the point being, I can't do any of this stuff for you guys. I can tell you about it. I can share it with you. I can preach it to you. And I can scream it from the rooftops. But nothing I do is going to save you. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He's the one that sheds light on the darkness of your life. And he's the one that fixes it and transforms it and makes it right and good. Without him, we have no hope. And these Pharisees, these, these people, and the ones that even exist here today, these, these, these false leaders, these, these people who are teaching false truths, these wolves in sheep's clothing, they come to do basically the Satan's work. His only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy it. And that's all they're doing. They're helping to promote that. You won't get that here at Bethlehem. You've never gotten that here at Bethlehem, and you won't get it when we go forward. That's not not the gospel you want to hear. There's the door. And that's the truth. We're going to teach what this says. We're going to believe what this says. We're going to abide by what this says. We don't teach false teaching here. Jesus says, you judge according to the flesh. Get this. Jesus says, and and this is probably a hard thing for people to grasp. He says, I judge no one. And you go, well, wait a second. How is that? I thought we always get on social media and say, well, you can't judge. Jesus is the only one who can judge. But get this, Jesus just said right here in scripture, he says, I don't judge anybody. Now there's a danger to that. And I want to make sure that I'm guarding you against the danger. What that doesn't mean is, well, Jesus doesn't judge me if I do the wrong, so I can just do whatever I want to. Right? No, no, you're not leaving here today with that. So Jesus Christ says, I don't judge anybody. So what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. I'm going to take you to a place that's super, super familiar for all of you. Hear this. John 3:16, and we're going to look at 17. John 3:16, 16, verse, uh, verses 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what, church? Eternal life, right? But we can't stop reading there. You know why? Because in verse 17 it says, For God did not send his son into the world to do what? Condemn the world. He didn't send him here to condemn the world, did he? It says... He didn't send him here to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus Christ has a very specific task and a very specific purpose. His job when he came here in the flesh was to bring salvation. Now, don't get me me wrong. He has another job. And that job began the second he rose from the dead. When he rose from the grave, his job switched from I am the savior of the world who just died for your sin to now I'm also going to sit on the throne and I'm going to righteously judge what needs to be judged. Understand that Jesus Christ is the all authority, that he is the ultimate judge. He is. But when he came, when he was walking here on this earth, this statement of I judge no one is true. Remember when we were just talking about the woman who committed adultery last week. Remember? She was supposed to have been stoned. They had rocks in their hand. And then when Jesus got on the scene, he said, Let those of you, let those of you, whoever it is here, the first among you without sin, you all throw the first stone. And when they all left, and she was left there, just him and her, he looked at her and he said, Who's here to condemn you? And she says, No one. And he says, Well, neither do I then. Does that sound like judgment? Or does that sound like someone who says, I'm here to save you. And he did just that. She should have died. Yet she was saved. But get this. Here's what he said. Go and sin no more. He left her with a very powerful statement, didn't he? Go, sin no more. He didn't say, go continue committing adultery. Go continue living in your life of sin. I'll just come by and save you every single time. He said, you've been saved. There's nobody here to condemn you, and I don't condemn you either. But you need to go now and sin no more. You need to live a right and good life. Because one day, you will stand before me again. And I will judge you at that point. You see, we, don't, we shouldn't take Jesus Christ just as a grain of salt. He's not someone to play with. He is your Lord and Savior and we should have a righteous fear of Him. He is the Lord God. And the second we lose sight of the fact that He is in control and the second we lose sight of the fact that if we don't believe in Him and we don't trust Him with our lives, we go to hell because we believe falsely. You believe what the the things that the other people of this world would lead you towards, which is just believe that Jesus Christ, He just loves you. That's all He wants is just the best for you. We've heard it said, Miss Carol's told you all a hundred times, you just live your best life now. And then Carol goes, no, that's not it. Don't live your best life now. Your best life's going to be there in eternity when when you're spending it with Jesus Christ. Don't live your best life here now. This life is temporary. Spend it loving Jesus. Spend it following Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. This is such an important thing that Jesus is revealing to us. 2 Corinthians 5 says, uh, in verse 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of who? Christ. So that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether it be good or evil. Does that sound like Jesus Christ is never going to judge anybody? Mm -mm. He's got a job, and he will fulfill that job. He will fulfill the task that has been given him. When he was here on this earth, when he was standing before that woman who was about to be stoned, he said, I don't judge you. I'm here to save you. But understand, there will come a judgment. It is coming. And you will answer. How that answer goes is going to depend all on you. People like to, like to say, oh, well, if that's the case, then you must not have free will. God's just going to do with you or choose to do with you what he wants. He's going to pick and choose whether you go to heaven or hell. Well, that's not true. You get to accept Jesus Christ in your life. He is pursuing you. He's running after you. He's looking for you. He leaves the 99. You all have heard me say this a hundred times. He leaves the 99, the people that belong to him, so that he can go seek after this one lost sheep that, is, that has nothing but peril in its path. Jesus Christ loves everyone so much that he seeks after them. He is constantly on a journey of seeking after you All you have to do is turn to him and accept him. All you have to do is proclaim him as Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead as the true one son of God. All you have to do is believe that. Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31 says, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to what? Repent. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. He's talking all about Jesus here. He's given us assurance by raising Jesus from the dead. But he says, there's coming a day. The day's been fixed. It's coming. We just don't know when it is. Some people like to gamble that. Some people like to, like to be like, well, I'm, I'm good for now. I'm all right today. I'll take care of it tomorrow. You know what? I'll study the Bible tomorrow. You know what? I'll, tomorrow I'll open up God's word. Tomorrow I'm going to pray and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to do better. Next week I'm going to go to church. Next week I'll, I'll do this. Well, you know what? You might not get tomorrow. You might not get next week. You might not get next year. You might die when you walk out these doors. Your time is not guaranteed. It's not. You don't know what's going to happen from one minute to the next. There was a, uh, a shooting couple of shootings that occurred just this past week do you think any of those people thought hey today's the day i die do you think any of those people thought next week i'm going to do this next week i'm going to go spend some time with my family next week i'm going to talk to that loved one that i haven't talked to in a while because you know we got into a feud and we've been letting that fester for a while i'll talk to him next week we'll try to make up guess what next week didn't come they're gone the only, the only hope you can have is that they made things right with the Lord before they went. Did they? I don't know. It's between them and the Lord. I'm not here to tell you these things to, to stir you up or, or, or to, to put you on a guilt trip or to even scare you. I'm just telling you what it says, what it talks about, what the truth is. And that's what this is all about today. About how this truth will set you free. In verse 17 of, of our text, in John chapter 8, verse 17, it talks about how in the law, you know, it's written that testimony of two people are true. He, he talks all about how, um, you know, uh, it, 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 let's see here. In verse 19, he says, you know, they said to him, where is your father? Jesus was talking about how the father bears witness about him. And they said, well, well, where is your father? Who is your, you know, Jesus answers. He says, you don't, you don't know him. These are the Pharisees that he's talking to. These are the people that, that should know. These are the people who should know God intimately. The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, all these people should have an intimate knowledge and relationship with with the Lord, with God. And and these people, Jesus is looking at them and going, you don't know him. You have no clue who he is. And the problem is, there's a difference in knowing of Jesus and knowing Jesus. It's a big difference. And any of us in this room who are, who are claiming Christianity, any of, this, any of us in this room who have been saved by the blood and the power of Jesus Christ, who have, who have been on our knees and professed and said, oh, Jesus, I need you, and then we've been baptized and washed clean. Any of us who have, who have been in that situation, you know what I'm talking about. You know Jesus. Prior to that, though, guess what? You only knew of him. I knew a whole lot about Jesus. I could tell you a lot of things about Jesus. I could tell you a whole lot of things about a whole lot of you in this room. Some may not be so great even. for being true, some of you in this room could probably tell a lot of things on me. We all have pasts. We all have different lives. We all have things that... the, The baptism that I got to do for the friend of mine from high school where I got to go and I got to baptize his parents, he and I, when we were talking on the phone, I said... He said, well, I wanted to call you, you know, you're, I saw that you became a preacher. And I said, well, well, what do you think about that? He said, I didn't think that's what you were going to do. You know, like he was, he was kind of shocked, honestly. He was like, well, you're the guy in school that had the mullet. It's All business in the front, but it was a party in the back. You had the ripped up jeans with spandex pants underneath. I'm admitting it. It was zebra skin spandex pants that I wore, people. It was bad. I'm just trying to paint this for you. And then, and then you look at me now and you go, well, I don't know who that Greg Knapper was because I really only know this Greg Knapper. Well, that Greg Knapper was a little crazy, a little wild. He liked to do a lot of things. And it's not that I can't do a lot of those same things now. I just do them differently. I can still have a good time. I can still enjoy things. I, life doesn't stop because you follow Jesus Christ. Life begins because I follow Jesus Christ. You See, it's so, so important for us to know Jesus, know him on a personal level, not just know of him. Knowing of him doesn't do anything for you. You've got to commit yourself to him. You've got to grow and you have to cultivate that relationship. So many people, I've heard it this way, and I think, you know what? I think Chelsea's the one that shared this. I'm going to give her the credit. So many people have said, because, because we've gone through this COVID situation, and, and, and if I'm being truthful, we, we still haven't bounced back as a church. We're still about 20 people shy of who we used to have coming prior to COVID. Our attendance is down about 20 still. Where are they? I'm trying to look for them. I'm doing my best as your as a, as a, as a pastor. I can't do it all on my own, so if you all know or if you're missing certain people, I, I would encourage you to make some phone calls. But I'm making phone calls. I'm trying to make an effort to go and visit people. But a lot of people say, yeah, I don't have to go to church. I can just watch it online. I don't, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. I don't, I, it's just a building. Is it? Is Who is in this place right here today? Are you all just a building or are you the sons and daughters the adopted sons and daughters of the Lord? Are you not a church family? Are you not the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ? Are you not brothers and sisters? Why wouldn't we want to gather and do that? And as a matter of fact, Hebrews 11 tells us, don't fail to gather like some do. And Chelsea put out this thing on social media because that's always the best place to debate, isn't it? It's The best place to debate. And it said, yeah, sure, you don't have to go to church matter of fact, you can liken it to this. You could be married and you could never come home. But your marriage isn't going to last, is it? Your marriage is going to fall apart. Now, I know I didn't wear that exactly. The thing that she posted was so much better than that. But the point remains that if you're absent in the relationship, it's going to fail. It's going to falter. It's going to fall away. It's not going to last. So if your relationship with Jesus Christ is such that you're just sort of willy nilly going, I don't need to do that. I don't need to, to gather amongst my church family. And there's a problem. Now, understand that I'm not, we were in, we were in a situation. And for a time, we, we needed to do what we needed to do. I'm not harping on that. Understand the difference. But we're in a place now where we can come together where we can gather, where we can join back together as as brothers and sisters, and we can serve together, and we can push forward to get out into the community, and we can make a difference. But some still aren't. And we need to ask them why. We need to reach out and figure out what is the truth, what's holding people back. You see, Jesus... Jesus wants to make sure that, that as many as possible turn to him. He wants his truth to be revealed. He wants his truth to be known. And so Jesus here tells them, he says, you know, look, I'm going away. You're going to look for me. You're not going to be able to find me. These people don't understand. I'm like, what's he going to do? Is he going to kill himself? What's happening? What's happening? Jesus then tells them something like, You are from below, and I'm from above. You're from this world. I'm not from this world. See, the problem here is that Jesus knows the heart of man. He knows your heart better than you do. He loves you more than you love yourself. Jesus knows those who have turned to him, and he knows those who will turn to him. When we were talking earlier and I said, you know, there's some people who say, well, if God's just in control of everything, then what's the point? I get to live my life however I want to, right? Well, that's not true. See, the situation here is that Jesus Christ knows already who's going to turn to him. He knows. He knows your future. He knows what your end looks like. He knows if you're not making it home today. He already knows. He knows if you're also going to turn your heart to him and if you're going to believe in him and if you're going to proclaim him. He already knows. It doesn't change anything for him, though. You know why? Because he continues to pursue you. Even though he knows people are not going to turn to him, he loves them anyway. He serves them anyway. He eats with them anyway. He saves them anyway from, from all kinds of chaos and disaster in their lives. He brings good to those that don't trust him fully. He he helps in so many ways. But the one thing that everything stems on is salvation. And unless you believe in Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior, unless you believe in his birth, his death, and his resurrection, unless you proclaim that, you will not receive salvation. He'll continue to pursue you until your very last dying breath. He won't stop looking for you. He won't stop coming for you. He will will do everything possible, but you have the free will to choose. The question is, will you choose it? Will you choose him? Will you choose Jesus? Jesus Christ, who is fully man, who is also fully God, can speak in a dual way. And so Jesus says, you know, I'm not from here. You all are of the world. I'm not of the world. I'm from a higher place. You're not. Jesus gets to speak this sort of dual truth because of him being fully God, but also fully man. And he speaks things that are scary. If we understand what he's talking about, they're scary. It's hard. It's because he's talking about hell, and hell is real. It just is. It's what you're going to hear here. Hell is real. And the unsaved, those who have not professed faith in Jesus Christ, the unsaved will go to hell. It's what the book says. You can get mad at me. You can challenge me. It's what the book says. If you confess with your mouth, though, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. See, there's a difference. You have to believe. You have to believe. There is free will to choose. It's not just a choice that's made for you. So hell is real. The unsaved go to hell. But then Jesus, he continues to speak with the Jews and he talks to them and he says, you know what, if you abide in my word, he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple. And you will know the truth, you will you will know this truth and it will set you free. The key word there is if. If you abide in my word in my word. Let me tell you what this doesn't mean. It doesn't mean lukewarm Christians are going to abide in Jesus and go to heaven. Lukewarm Christians have an issue. Fence riding Christians have an issue. It means that at some point along your journey, you've not completely committed yourself to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Lukewarm Christians have a problem. Fence-riding Christians have a problem. Only those who believe 100%, 100% in the Lord Jesus Christ will go to heaven. You're either all in or you're not. It's very black and white. Very black and white you're either completely a believer of Jesus Christ or you're not. I don't know how to put it any plainer or any more blunt than that. And it's not to bring anybody down today. It's just the fact that you either believe or you don't. So this is where we, go, this is where we land today. This is where we're going to wrap up just here in a minute. Jesus says, you know, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is what? He is a slave to sin. It says the slave doesn't remain in the house forever. But the son remains forever. If you are a sinner, if you are one who is living your life in a sinful way, if you've not committed yourself to Jesus Christ, if you've not been forgiven of your sin, then you're a slave to sin. That sin is keeping you down. That sin is weighing upon you. That sin is tearing you apart. And the and the biggest thing I want you to go home with is that sin is killing you. It is taking you to death. But there's a, there's, there's a solution. There's a way you can resolve this, and it's to read God's Word. It is to read and understand what this says. It is to, to then trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And all of that can change. You no longer belong to sin. You're no longer a slave to sin. As a matter of fact, you become free. These people didn't understand that. They said, "Hey, look, we're from Abraham. We, we, we've not, we've never been enslaved. We don't like. What are you talking about?" Jesus is not talking about who you were being raised by. I'm talking about the sinfulness of your life, keeping you down and killing you. But you trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. You can be saved. You can be free. From all of these things. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free indeed you'll be. Speaking of, of what you don't know, which is what these people here were doing, the, the, the Pharisees, they were speaking about things they didn't know and they didn't understand. If I tell you about things that I don't know and if I tell you about things I don't understand, you know what that is? That's a lie. And it means I'm lying to you. I'm speaking from things that I have no business speaking of. If I'm not, if I'm not a person who is supposed to have been bringing to you whatever it is, if I'm not, if I'm not fully understanding whatever it is that I'm bringing to you, then I'm just lying to you. I'm just making it up. I told somebody earlier this week they were quoting statistics. I said, "Well, you know what? Static- statistically speaking, eighty percent of all statistics are made up on the spot." that's that second for a second, right? You're like, "Well, wait a second. You just quoted a statistic." Yeah, I did are all just made up. Statistics are just made up. Nobody has an exact science for statistics. If I'm just throwing stuff at you and hoping it sticks, that's not reassurance. That's not assurance. That's not salvation. Jesus Christ is very black and white. Jesus Christ tells you truth, and that truth is what sets you free, and that truth is what brings you eternal life. These Jewish leaders, they didn't know God. They knew of God and they were just simply playing a part So, are you playing a part are you just simply playing the part of a Christian because if you are it's problematic I want to encourage you to come and talk to me and I'll share some truth with you and I'll help maybe put you back on the right path but, but playing the part of a Christian its not enough you're either all in or you're not to know God is to know Jesus to believe is to believe with your heart. So, ultimately, you've got to leave your brain out of it, especially us adults. Oftentimes, as adults, we like to cloud things. We like to make things harder than they are. Just let Jesus speak to your heart. The last two things I'm going to mention to you, and then we're going we're to wrap it It says, Jesus, with Jesus, you're free of sin. But without Jesus, you're a slave to sin. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Those are the last two things I want you to hear and to remember. With Jesus, you're free of sin. Without Jesus, you're a slave to sin. You have to choose where and how you want your life to go. So if the sun sets you free, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you trust in him, you will be free indeed. And you can and will have eternal life. So think about that. Allow for that to be what stirs your heart. We are going to close in some prayer. We're going to have an altar call. We're going to have a time that you can come, that you can, you can share your heart with the Lord Jesus. You can do that at the altar. You can do that where you're sitting. If you need my help, raise your hand. I'll come to you, whatever it takes. We're all here together. We do this together. We make this journey together as brothers and sisters. But don't let today pass without you coming to know who the Lord is personally. I encourage you to do that. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the truth that you do reveal. Father, we thank you that while it may may be difficult to hear, that you still tell us what we need to know. That your truth is what guides us forward and that your truth is what sets us free. Without you, as we said earlier, God, there is no hope. And without you, we get to see that we are just simply slaves to the sin that's in our lives. So God, I pray now that you would send your Holy Spirit to do the work that needs to be done. That you would reveal truth, Lord. That you would give wisdom. That you would, that you would empower anyone and everyone, God, to open up their hearts to receive You. Lord, that that You would work on us in a way that we say we need You in our lives. That today that we've heard truth as given by Your Word, that, that while You were here on this earth, that You didn't come to judge, that You came to save, But Lord, ultimately You tell us one day we will stand before You and You will judge us rightly. You are a just judge. You are a righteous judge. And so God, today we surrender to you. And again, I pray that you would work on hearts that are here. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us what we need to know and that we would freely move, proclaiming you, surrendering you, surrendering to you and humbling ourselves before you so that we can receive you in a very real, personal way, that we can receive salvation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who did so much for us, including dying on that cross. No one has ever loved us so much that they willingly gave up their life so that we could live. We thank you for, Je- we thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you for giving up everything, for giving up your throne on high to come and to give us your word, to teach us, to, to reveal to us the things that, that you have brought forth, But God, that you sacrificed yourself for us as that true show of ultimate love. So we thank you today. I pray that you would move us and that your Holy Spirit would just work in this place, draw us near to you. We ask this all in the strong name of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen.